from a lifetime of television crime shows, I know that when a patient dies in the hospital, a doctor pronounces them dead, comforts the family, switches off the monitors, pulls the curtain shut, and then moves on to her next job. I know because I've seen the whole thing go down, but what happens to the patient's body afterward? Hospital administrator Galen Lazarson has the story live. How's that? Okay. Um, So I'd like you to remember the first time that your pager went off. Where were you? How did you feel? What was the call? For me, it was 1.30 in the morning on a Wednesday, and I was dead asleep. And I jolted awake in my bed, and I grabbed the pager, and I started pushing buttons frantically, trying to read the message, and terrified that I would delete it. So every week, a hospital executive serves as the administrator on call, the AOC, responsible for managing any major operational issues or crises that come up. For the most part, the AOC pager doesn't go off that frequently. Most departments, IT, facilities, nursing, let's say, handle issues on their own or with some help from the on-site hospital supervisor. For an issue to get to the AOC, something's gone awry. This is the management equivalent of multi-system organ failure. (laughs) So, as you'd expect, we debrief after every call to make sure that the issues don't repeat themselves. So as a new fellow in hospital administration, the only thing I could be certain of when I answered a page was that it would be something I had never dealt with before. (laughs) So we're back to Wednesday at 1.30 a.m. and I return the page and I say, this is Galen Lasserson, first responder AOC, what seems to be the problem? (laughs) And, um, And then the hospital supervisor tells me the refrigerator's broken. Okay, I think that that doesn't seem like such a big deal. Um, Which refrigerator? And she tells me, the morgue. Lesson number one, the morgue is a fridge, not a freezer. Um, Now, (laughs) they didn't cover this one in business school. So I, I start with a strategy that my friend Nicole swears got her through her intern year. I see, now, What do you normally do when that happens? (laughs) No luck. Moritz's been trucking along just fine for about 15 years, and as an added bonus, the hospital supervisor now thinks I'm incompetent. So, when in doubt, it's always a good idea to start with nursing. And I call the nursing supervisor, and I say, you know, we have a bit of a situation. This might be hard, but if you had to estimate how many people do you think we might, you know, like, lose tonight? And uh, she says, tonight, pretty matter-of-factly, one, Mr. James on the 13th floor. Wow, okay, that was specific. (laughs) So, um, got it, need room for Mr. James. But even more pressing was what we were going to do with the body that was coming out of organ harvesting shortly. This was like a macabre math problem. Did I want one very warm body in the morgue anteroom plus 16 cool ones in the morgue refrigerator, or did I open the door and land myself with 17 lukewarm bodies? Well, I said to the nursing supervisor, I mean, so, like, what if we open the door and we just put the body in really, really quickly? 
And it wasn't the most scientific approach, but it didn't seem any worse than any other option we had. So with that covered, I called facilities and pathology, and we agreed on a morning meeting in the morgue to come up with a plan. So the next morning, I arrive at the morgue a little early because, I, you know, I was awake. And, um, <laughs> and I watched two pathology residents uh, perform a neonatal autopsy. And uh, one of them says, look at the tiny spleen. And then, it's so cute. So I went and looked at the morgue refrigerator and it, uh, temperature had gone up by about six degrees and I was back at the math. So, you know, if we normally store bodies at two degrees Celsius and the morgue's now at 14 degrees Celsius and it's rising at a rate of 1.5 degrees every hour, I was going to have a really big problem on my hands in about five hours. Although, what actually happens to bodies when they get warm? I asked the pathologist, I was like, you know, do, do they smell? Do they, does this is a really bad smell? Um, lesson number two, it's not that warm bodies smell, it's that they drip fluid everywhere. Gross. So, um, Facilities is waiting on a part from the manufacturer, and we start to come up with alternative contingency plans. Someone suggests the Laboratory Animal Research Center. Lesson number three, we have a morgue for animals. <laughs> Which, incidentally, was working just fine. So the question is, could we move some of the bodies to the morgue uh, for the animals, just temporarily? And one look around at the faces in the room made the answer to that pretty clear. I mean, yes, but no. Um, no, we can't. I mean, technically, this does no harm, at least from the patient's perspective, um, but it just didn't seem respectful. I also couldn't shake the idea of my boss waking up in the morning to a headline that read, hospital administrator stuffs bodies into animal freezer. <laughs> Stored next to pigs. So, start to think, okay, is there, is there another place that we could get rid of the bodies to? Is there another way to handle this? And for that, I had to seek out patient relations. Now, when a patient dies on a medical television show, which, of course, they almost never do, we see the physician inform the family of the death, and maybe we see the patient's family's reaction. I always wish we could stay with the family and see what happens next. In the hospital, what happens next for the family uh, falls into the realm of patient relations, specifically decedent affairs, who are the experts in logistics. Death leaves the living with a surprising number of logistics. I remember sitting with my friend Shireen a few years ago. My stepfather had died around the same time as her mother, and amidst all of this, we found ourselves discussing logistics. What do you do with the body? Who calls family friends to let them know? How do you get a death certificate, or plan the service, place an obituary? I used to think that bereavement leave existed because it's so hard for us to do anything or to function when we are grieving. I didn't realize it was because there's so much stuff to get done. Assuming, of course, that there's someone there to do it. When I looked at the list of patients in the morgue, I thought there must be some kind of mistake. There were patients listed who had died in December, and we were now approaching February. Lesson number four, patients can hang out in the morgue for a while. When a patient dies without family, 
It's the Office of Public Administration that's tasked with tracking down the next of kin. And this can take a while. They could go to the city morgue, but this is San Francisco, and unfortunately, even the morgue has a wait list. So by the next, thank you for that. Um, so uh, sure enough, before the sun has risen, we came up with a plan that everybody agreed on. And um, decedent affairs would call the mortuaries to pick up the bodies. Nursing would move the neonatal bodies into a smaller working refrigerator upstairs. And facilities anticipated having the repair completed by the end of the day. Uh, and if not, they were going to look into the option of refrigerated trucks. So I emerged from the morgue into a hallway full of staff in light blue scrubs doing pre-dawn yoga before the start of the morning shift. And there was something that made sense about that much vibrant, peaceful life on the other side of the wall from death. I watched them for a few minutes. Then I went upstairs to my boss's office to debrief him on the plan. That was when I learned lesson number five. There's an AOC emergency manual, and it has a protocol titled Morgue. Nocturnist is a live storytelling event for doctors and other healthcare workers based in San Francisco. Its host and creator is Emily Silverman, MD. Its executive producer is Allie Block, MD. And its podcast producer is Marina Poole. Special thanks to Emily Shaw and Celine Ross. The Nocturnist has its own podcast. Check it out wherever you get your podcast. We'll have a link at snapjudgment.org.